Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were once married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error, because you don't know the Scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. 
One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Verse 2. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Let's stop right there. The kingdom of heaven. So we're talking about the kingdom of God, both on earth and in in eternity. And so the king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son is God, God the Father. The son is Jesus Christ. This wedding banquet speaks of a relationship between God and man that the Bible compares to a marriage. Now, friends, some years ago, or just two years ago, actually, I wrote a book called The Wife of God. It's all about the bride of Christ. It's about the um, the Jews' understanding as the Old Testament portrays Israel as the wife of God and God as Israel's husband. And it's about the New Testament understanding of the church as the bride of Jesus Christ and how the two of them overlap and um Uh, the Old Testament foreshadowing the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the explanation of the Bride of Christ. But this is a very succinct description in one verse. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. In that one verse, the Lord encapsulates his intentions toward mankind. You see, God the Father has prepared a wedding, a relationship with Jesus, his son, and whoever is willing And so in this chapter, we have people who are invited to this wedding. In verse 3, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. And so let's stop and look at this again. His servants that have gone out are his prophets and his leaders that have gone and told the will of God from time immemorial that God loves mankind, he desires to be with mankind, that the relationship he wants to have is like a good marriage. And in the fullness of time, God sent his son. And uh, John the Baptist and others had proclaimed the coming of the Messiah. Jesus had named himself as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. Earlier in Matthew, he speaks of these things. But he came first to the invited guests. Those were the Jewish people of the first generation, the first century. Most of the early believers were Jews, so they some received him. But by and large, the religious leadership among the Jews did not receive Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God. And so the kingdom of heaven came to earth. God the Father introduced his Son as the bridegroom. The bridegroom came to the Jewish people in first century Israel and said, it's time for the wedding banquet between uh, the Messiah and God and man. 
But they didn't come. They didn't want to come. They paid no attention. They went off to their own businesses and so forth. And so the king's response, the king was enraged in verse 7, says he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. I don't know that this was a direct prophetic revelation, but the city of Jerusalem was burned in 70 A.D. It was destroyed totally. So it may have been a prophetic fulfillment of this verse. Then the king gave orders to invite others because the invited guests, the Jewish people, weren't receiving the invitation and coming to the wedding. He said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Now, friends, this is for the rest of the nations of the world, not just Israel. And so he invited the nations of the world to come to a a wedding with his son, Jesus Christ. But there was one guy who showed up. In verse 11, it says, The king came in to see the guest, and he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. I believe this man was a typical church-going individual. He showed up at the marriage supper of the Lamb of God, thinking that he was an invited guest, thinking that he was all prepared, but he had nothing to show for his life on earth. He had nothing to show for his relationship with the Lord. And so these wedding garments, we learn later in the New Testament in Revelation 19, that garments are given, pure, spotless, white linen garments that represent the righteous acts of the saints. Perhaps this man with no wedding garments had no righteous acts. He had no um, uh, life experience as a Christian. He had no evidence to show he was a Christian. But this man was speechless. He was shocked that he wasn't prepared for the wedding. And I suspect that there will be many in churches around the world that on the judgment day, they think they're prepared for eternity, only to find out they had no relationship with the bridegroom. This chapter goes on and expounds in different things, but Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing in the Bible? And he replied, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You see, friends, the most important thing in the Bible is not that you obey, not that you submit, not that uh, you be threatened with hell and damnation, not that you be promised rewards. It's that you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. And I am to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and all of my mind. Jesus said the most important thing in the Bible is that we would love our God. Now, the religions of the world are filled with many edicts and tenets and directions and laws and rules. But this idea of loving our God is pervasive all through the Scriptures, both Old and New Testament. It's pervasive in Judaism and Christianity. You see, the God of the Bible is a God of love. It's not something He does. It's something He is. The Scriptures say that God is love personified. And so the Messiah came to reveal the will of our Heavenly Father, that this life is all about the marriage of the great King making a wedding for His Son, The son that's to be married to mankind is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The wedding banquet is uh, in the days ahead in eternity. But we've been invited now to enter into a marriage relationship with Jesus that will be culminated in the fullness of time and eternity. Lord, I pray for those who are called to be part of the wife of God, the bride of Christ. Those who are listening, 
that have been called apart from religion as usual. They've been invited to the wedding banquet of the ages. Lord, some may have paid no attention, but I'm speaking to those who respond. Lord, help us to be prepared with the wedding garments we need so that on that great day, none of us will be found speechless and be asked, how did we get in here with no wedding clothes? Lord, we want to love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. Give us the grace to love you and give us the grace to receive your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.